0: The Colorado Business Roundtable unapologetically tells the story that business is a force for good in our community, featuring conversations with thought leaders from academia, business, community, and government. Welcome to A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown. Thanks for joining us on this episode of A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown. And I'm Debbie Brown, the president of Colorado Business Roundtable. Every time we come together, we bring thought leaders from Colorado that represent academia, business, community, and government, knowing that we always find that those four lanes really coming together make the best conversations and the best collaboration here in Colorado, and, and a lot of times the best solutions as well. So on my journey of meeting interesting people, I was really honored to meet Patty Salazar, who is the Executive Director for the Department of Regulatory Agencies, or as known as DORA, so really fascinating to hear a little bit more about Patty's past, what she's what she's done. Anyway, uh, I'm excited. So welcome to the show, Patty. Hi, Debbie. Thank you so much for inviting me. You bet you bet. So before we jump in, Patty, uh, I want to hear more before I jump into a little bit more about Dora and what what types of, um, you know, divisions you manage and what it means to you day to day. Tell me more about you. Tell me about your journey, how you ended up doing what you do. Sure. Um, So I will start off with one of the most
1: important things to me. I am the proud daughter of a Vietnam vet and a Mexican immigrant. Um, I am a first-generation college student within my family. I'm not sure if you and I have, have had a chance to share that before, Um, But my parents really have taught me the value of hard work. Uh, I originally grew up in California in a predominantly black and brown community, and it wasn't until I got much older that I had really recognized a lot of disparities that existed among communities. And so that really fed my passion around advocating for public policies that promoted access and equity, especially as it relates to economic opportunities for for people. Um, And so I have spent more than 20-plus years in the legislative, and regulatory space, primarily on the financial services side, um, which has all led me up to where I am now, serving for my third governor, um, as I'm currently in the cabinet of Governor Jared Polis, as you mentioned, as Executive Director of the Department of Regulatory Agencies. So that's me in a snapshot.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. And I love that you actually start with your why on why something like the you know these roles drive you. We've come from different places, Patty, but I think about my parents' roots are from rural Heartland America where, you know, my mom didn't have an indoor toilet until she was done with college as as her first gen and what that meant to me and my trajectory and my dad also serving in the military. And that was his ticket to a better life was his military service. So sometimes we can think about, um, you know, we we have such different perspectives from where we come from, but then it's fun to find commonalities too, to what drives us.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's why you and I have hit it off, right? Because to to what you're saying, I think, it's those common threads that that bring us together. Um, for, for me, it was really seeing how, as you shared, my dad being a vet gave him an opportunity to serve in federal government as a, as a public employee um, that really provided that foundation, that stability for me to even pursue my education and become the first in my family to get an advanced degree and ultimately led me up to an opportunity to, to serve in um, a position that um, I actually consider a dream job.
0: That's wonderful. Well, we're glad that you're there. When I started researching a little bit more about what you do day to day, I'd love to hear more about that, even looking at the different divisions that you oversee, uh, the number of people, the number of uh, responsibilities that come with it. Give us just a sense, especially for people who might be listening today who don't really know what the Department of Regulatory Agencies is.
1: Sure, so the Department of Regulatory Agencies is commonly referred to as DORA. (laughs) I appreciate the opportunity to share more about our department because I I recognize that While people may be familiar with DORA, they usually know it in the context of how they interact with our agency. So DORA is the the state's umbrella regulatory authority. We regulate more than 50 industries across the state. Uh, We have 10 statutory divisions, so that ranges from banking, civil rights, conservation, financial services, insurance, professions and occupations, real estate, securities, as well as the Public Utilities Commission, and the Office of the Utility Consumer Advocate, that is definitely a mouthful. So, in short, we license one in seven people in the Colorado workforce. um, And we really try to balance uh, having and ensuring that responsible businesses and professionals can thrive in an environment where consumers are also protected. We have nearly 700 staff. We have more than 45 boards, commissions, and task forces with more than 300 appointees that serve on those bodies. Uh, And I usually refer to ourselves as the department of regulating things that people take for granted. And when I say that, I mean that if we're doing our job well, um, again, we're in an environment where. Responsible businesses and professionals can thrive and consumers are protected. So we take that charge very seriously. Um, I will also say that no two days are the same given the breadth of our agency. And so it really is um, one of the agencies that I I, uh, believe is really the backbone of Colorado.
0: And I think we, we also connected, Patty, when we think about pillars that we work on with Colorado Business Roundtable, one of them is a tax and regulatory pillar knowing that there's kind of this interesting fine balance. Definitely. I love that you've got your mission, the mission of the organization, the mission of the department well established, but it's interesting to think about how the right amount of regulation, um, what's the right amount that's appropriate. And in you and I collaborating or some of my um, large employers also giving some feedback, it's nice to strike that right balance, which I think is is probably, as you look at other states, see how other states do it, finding that right regulatory balance where, as you said, good businesses can really, really thrive, but you weed out some bad actors. Is that really kind of the goal?
1: That definitely is the goal. And we also try to make that balance very specific to the industries that we're regulating, right? We can't... We recognize that there may be some harm in some specific industries that we have to be mindful of. Um, I will also note that as a regulatory body, uh, you know, we are our charge is to ensure that we're serving the public interest. And by doing that, again, it's taking into account the factors that are internal to an industry as well as external factors that impact that industry. Uh, we have spent the last five years um, in my service as the executive director really looking at opportunities to reduce regulatory burden. And I'll speak specifically to occupational licensure. Again, we license more than uh, 50 different industries on the individual side. Um, so think of your healthcare professional all the way to your plumber and your electrician. Um so we've been looking at opportunities to increase mobility. Uh, when I say that, I mean for individuals that are licensed in different states that are looking to relocate to Colorado, we're trying to make that process less burdensome as possible so that we can make sure that Colorado is an attractive state for folks looking to move here as well as putting them into the workforce as quickly as we can while ensuring, again, that they're qualified. Um, I always say that our regulatory landscape is as safe as um, the individuals that are in it. And when I, when I mean that, I mean it's also looking at opportunities to uh, look at scopes of practice. Are we Looking at how we're coordinating with higher education and with our workforce, with our workforce entities to make sure that we're uh, reskilling and upskilling individuals, especially as the market transforms itself with technology and whatnot. So um, we've also been looking at opportunities to reduce regulatory burden for individuals that are in the military or their spouses or veterans that are looking again to relocate to Colorado. Or for individuals who've been formerly incarcerated that are looking to re enter um, the community and, and trying to get them appropriately put back into the workforce, um, as well as new Americans. Whether, so, whether it's immigrants or refugees that are coming to our country, uh, making sure that they're skilled and qualified that they do have opportunities to enter our workforce.
0: Yeah, it sounds like we've got some commonality on a lot of those fronts. I think about the work we're doing sort of in this workforce lens as how do we reduce barriers to entry, reduce barriers to opportunity, and then even like create efficiencies to speed them up. So not just reducing the barriers, but speeding up opportunities. So... Um, I think even learning that is, is amazing on your leadership there, Patty, all of that comes with challenges, I would guess, especially working in a large entity, you know, working in government. And this is just my, my bias, but what are the, what are the challenges perhaps with moving at the speed that you want to move and how, how can, um, folks be supportive of, of helping you move more quickly on finding those opportunities?
1: In my role as the executive director, I wouldn't necessarily call it a challenge, but one of the areas of awareness that I constantly have, again, is the breadth of what we do under this department's umbrella. Um, But we have such a great team and such uh, great division leadership across the entire agency that I know we're working as productively as we possibly can. Again, in the past five years that I have been at the agency as the executive director, no two days have been the same. And so when it comes to opportunities for the business community to engage with our agency, I will say there's plenty, right? There's plenty from the rulemaking process um, when we're promulgating either emergency or permanent rules. Um, Most of those are usually triggered by changes in legislation. Um, So that leads me to the second opportunity when it comes to the legislative session that we all are engaged in from January through May. Uh, opportunities for us to stakehold legislative concepts that either industry is looking to introduce with the General Assembly, um, making sure that we're at the table if it does impact any of the industries that we regulate, since we'll have to operationalize many aspects of what that would look like if it is impacting the regulatory framework. Um, And then, you know, just the most basic relationship building that we have uh, when we're not in a legislative session, but when we're when we're out in the community, um, I do want businesses to consider us as an educational resource um, for them, uh, particularly for small businesses in the state. Um, I will use one example: the Office of the Utility Consumer Advocate is the state's ratepayer advocate for um, for agriculture, for residents, and for small businesses. And so there is a really, you know, one one small example of how we do have a direct connection to the business community. Um, There's other opportunities again, for us to, um, to share what we're doing. And I will recognize that there's always opportunity for improvement to share what we're doing around reducing regulatory burdens, So even just extending an invite such as the one that you did, Debbie, around coming to talk to you and connect with you and just share a little bit about what we do as a state agency and how we're really trying to get out in the community um, and meet people where they are. Um, I will also, Um, give a plug for our communications director, Katie O'Donnell, who has really been trying to reinvent how our divisions do stakeholder engagement across the state. And that really uh, means, again, going out into various communities and meeting people where they are. So whether it's related to the Public Utilities Commission or whether it's related to the Civil Rights Division that enforces the Anti-Discrimination Act in places of public accommodation, housing, and employment, it really is, again, being more intentional with how we're doing our outreach and just letting folks know that regulators are accessible. Um, I will say that sometimes folks don't necessarily think that. But um, this administration definitely has tried to be very intentional with our accessibility and making sure that we're serving the entire state of Colorado. And much of that means getting out into the community. So thank you again for extending the invite.
0: It sure does. And my my chuckle wasn't about that. I just thought that's probably a funny like cocktail conversation. (laughs) You and I were just talking about, we were at a gala celebrating women leaders with the Colorado Women's Chamber. And I I think that would be a funny line if you leaned over and said, regulators, you know, I'm a regulator and see what the reaction is. But I think you've kind of turned it on its head, Patty, to your point. and, And your team has done a really good job, as you said, of really knowing what your why is as an organization. And we need these kinds of structures within our government to make sure that, you know, certain businesses have the reg. And I tend to be kind of an anti-regulation person, but I know there's got to be regulations in these critical industries to make sure um, we we do things correctly as a state. And I think about, you know, I I look after the care of my aging parents and my dad's in a memory care facility. He has lots and lots of different caregivers. So to understand what kind of credential they have and that it means something, you know, of course, is, is something that I hold very dear. So I can see that example, I think, in a broader perspective as well. So
1: if I were to take myself back several years, one thing that I found surprising that I ended up learning um, along the way is the legitimacy that comes with regulation, right? There's there's so many folks that are doing things the right way and so many businesses that are doing things the right way. and they want to ensure that the folks that are going to be irresponsible, whether they're trying to conduct intentional or unintentional harm, that we're mitigating that as much as possible, because it taints the industry as a whole. And so, you know, that that is the other value of, of having regulation. Um, but again, recognizing that it's striking that balance, making sure right, that absolutely. we can provide that assurance to those individuals that are, are seeking services, either from professionals and businesses, while also not being too burdensome. So it's It's something that, uh, again, we take very seriously, um, but our commitment at the Department of Regulatory Agencies is making sure that we're accessible and that we're always open to a dialogue, because I also think that is key in understanding why certain regulation exists is the why, (laughs) as we were talking about from the onset is the why. Um, And I should also just note that a lot of what we do when it comes to regulation, it really is because the General Assembly has created laws for us to set up that regulatory framework. And um, our responsibility as regulators is to operationalize said laws. uh, But there's a process, right, when it comes to the rulemaking process and ensuring that we still continue that public engagement under the Administrative Procedures Act to make sure that we're hearing from those directly that are going to be impacted by our regulation and take that into account as we're promulgating these rules.
0: And uh, we're grateful that we're able to collaborate with you when I bring um, concerns or different folks from the employer community to the table with Dora, feel like we've always got an open door, which I really appreciate, Patty. Um, to wrap this up, what if you had one thing you wanted, folks who are listening to this, and, and the folks who listen to this podcast are our partners from, again, you typically large employers, executives from academia, business, community, and government, what's the one takeaway you'd want them to know about, about Dora?
1: Thank you, Debbie, for that question. Um, You know, there's just, again, so much that we do under our umbrella. So it's really hard for me to pinpoint just one thing that I would want folks to walk away with. Um, But I do encourage, um, you know, folks in the business community to familiarize themselves with our department. Again, I think most people think of Dora in the context of their own um, interaction with our agencies. So, if they're a realtor, they think of us as just doing real estate, um, or if they've submitted, you know, a comment to the Public Utilities Commission, they think of us and just in that context. And so, uh, we do so much, um, and we are committed to being an accessible regulator, a transparent regulator, um, and you know, with that. It has to be said that even though we may not always agree on a position, we'll always agree to have an honest conversation. Um, And we are committed to ensuring that we're a resource to the the business community as well as to consumers. Um, There's a lot of opportunity that we have to partner to make sure that we're serving the public interest. And we are fully committed to being present in that partnership with you all.
0: Patty Salazar, the executive director of DORA, And Patty, do you have time for two quick lightning round questions? This is like the fun part. Okay, awesome. Uh, The first one is, what is your favorite binge? It could be a book, a podcast, a Netflix series. What would you say is kind of binge worthy for you?
1: On a personal note, I would also have to do a plug for libraries. (laughs) I have the honor of serving on the Denver Public Library Commission. Um, So books are definitely my binge. I actively read maybe three or four books at any given time.
0: <laughs> so nice, yeah, nice. It was
1: just a nice way to escape.
0: <laughs> well, offline, I'll have to get your recommendations, but I learned really quickly that I could not afford the book habits of my children, even when they were young. So we were at the library at least two or three times a week, probably for their childhood. It was the only way I could survive their reading habit, which was wonderful. That's great. So that's cool. And then last lightning round is which best advice you've received to help you get the seat at your table? Oh
1: goodness, I would just say, bring your own seat. (laughs) I mean, really, I I was appointed by Governor Polis to be the state's chief regulator before I was even 40. Um, And so there was not many seats for a young Latina under the age of 40
0: at the table, right? And so I just, I brought my own. (laughs) Perfect, perfect. I love that. I'm gonna steal that. I think that's wonderful. (laughs) Well, thanks again, Patty, for joining us today. This has been an episode of A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown, a production of Colorado Business Roundtable. A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown is a production of the Colorado Business Roundtable. You can find this episode, a listing of our upcoming events, and more information about our organization at cobrt.com.